Welcome back. On this episode of Self Love Ignited, I am connecting with Jess McLeish. We talk all about overcoming addiction and a whole lot of toxicity and rising up strong because that is exactly what Jess has done. We also really get into igniting your sass and what that means. We talk about anxiety. We talk about the world of burlesque dancing and the incredibly healing power of sisterhood. Jess has a background that ranges from social work to burlesque dancing and actually creating Bring the Sass workshops for women. Jess is also an avid surfer and she lives on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. What are you waiting for? Dive on in. I cannot wait for you to meet Jess. My name is Katie Allen and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode of Self Love Ignited, I am interviewing Jess McLeish. Jess, I'm really, really excited to have you here. Welcome. Why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to everybody? Thanks, Katie. I'm really, really excited to be here. So thank you. Um, So yeah, I guess I'm Jess McLeish. I am a 40-year-old woman who lives on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, Australia. We sea changed here about nine years ago. Best decision ever. Um, I could honestly say at the moment I'm the happiest that I've ever been in life and have lots of moments of just pinching myself going, wow, like, is this my life? But also knowing we contribute to um, creating our own lives as well. So, yeah, um, I spend a lot of time in the ocean. Um, I've got a really nice balance with life at the moment where I really prioritise keeping my cup full so that I can flow outwards, um, you know, for all the people in my life as well as the effect I can have um, on my community and people around me. So I spend a lot of time surfing and um, got a lot of energy invested in the Peninsula Surf Sisters at the moment. It's um, We're just kind of starting up this community for women to feel confident and comfortable in the water and feel connected to each other. So that's super exciting. And my, my two passions in life are surfing and empowering women. So that's been an amazing amalgamation of both of them. <laughs> um, I also run Bring the Sass, which is a dance and embodiment practice that kind of just uh, came through me after, you know, all of my life experiences and um, professional background and all that sort of stuff. And Sass is basically my way of being able to give back. Like I believe that when you've been through something, the full circle of healing is when it comes um, out and through you. And then, yeah, so I'm super passionate about being able to hold space for women and work in my community. Um, yeah, and my, I just, I'm just very happy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, that, that surfing um, thing that you're doing with women for, to empower women, if I lived near you, I would be all over that because I've always wanted to learn how to surf and it like terrifies me. Yep. And, I, and I feel like learning like from women and doing it in a community of women would change the whole game. So I just, I just on a personal note, I just think that that's really awesome. Oh yeah, yeah no, I'd be roping you in that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love it. The women, it's just incredible. Like the spirit, I mean, I think women have such a fierce and incredible spirit inside them and when they unite like what comes out in women when we come together it's something really really magical and I see that in um like my own healing women have been a really big part of it 
and also, you know, bring the SAS, I see that. But in the surfing world, it's like, oh, we don't have a space for that. So, yeah, now we do down here on the peninsula. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I want to hear all about your story because the woman sitting here in front of me today is very different from the woman that you used to be. Um, you know, you and I have I've chatted a little bit before, so I, I'm really I'm really keen to hear your story. So, um, you know, we are obviously the name of the podcast is Self Love Ignited. So we're all about self-love and telling the stories of women like you who have made this transformation and come from a place of not liking or not loving parts of themselves to really like embracing all that they are. Um, I would love to hear your story. So why don't you sort of go back to the beginning, wherever your challenges with yourself began? Tell us a little bit about how that manifested in your life. Well, I think the, the point I can pinpoint the most is when I started to transition into adulthood. So that adolescent kind of phase, because I think I had a really happy childhood, very loving parents and family. So when you start to try and find your own identity, um, that's really terrifying. So I've always been a really deep thinker and feeler. And I think that navigation to finding myself as a woman was particularly difficult because of that sensitivity. Um, and then I, like I look, when I look back on my life, I kind of go, oh, there's a few really key stages. So early on as a teenager, um, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of difficulty in trying to navigate life. And I started using cannabis really, really early just to, to sleep because I was always thinking about life. Um, and then that became quite a, yeah, that sort of controlled me for a really long time. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up moving out of home really young because I wanted to be independent. I pretty much thought I was like moving towards who I was, but I was really disconnecting from myself. And that sort of phase of my life probably lasted about 10 to 12 years where I was, you know, using a lot of drugs. I got into a quite a toxic relationship. Um, the relationship I was in actually ended up, um, the, the guy I was with ended up being gay. So there was a lot of disconnect from like my feminine self and sensuality and a lot of, there was just a lot of heartache in that relationship. So using drugs helped me to disconnect from pain. Um, but when you're disconnected from pain, you're also disconnected from all the good things. So you can't hear yourself and your intuition anymore. So like so many stupid decisions, like, you know, lots of periods, um, like being homeless or, you know, just not being able to hold down a house or a job or friendships or relationships with my family. Like it was just everything kind of fell to pieces and using so many drugs, like had quite a lot of um, episodes with psychosis because of that and just absolutely like no value for myself at all and it wasn't until I was I think I was about 26 and my best friend who um you know how you have that one person that can speak through like they speak to your soul mm -hmm. and that I love that about female relationships <laughs> um so I was sort of starting to feel like I was you know in the wrong place in life I was so disconnected I didn't even realize um and then she and I just kept saying to her oh I'm just doing my head in. No, I'm just doing my head in because I was engaged to this guy at the time. So, and then she said to me, no, no, tell me what you're thinking and feeling. And she drew out of me, um, she drew me out of me basically and, and her friendship and holding space for my truth to, to be loved and seen gave me the courage to leave that relationship and to start to try and make a life on my own. Um, 
which yeah at you know about 27 when that happened I kind of it was yeah it was exciting and terrifying all at once and so I um started trying things to just you know find some find who I was and I ended up accidentally trying a burlesque dance class and mm -hmm. that just started a whole new trajectory for me where I um was dancing all the time and I met all these incredible women who were all going through their own sort of deep personal journeys and that had drawn them to you know burlesque because it's quite an, an empowering thing to do and just like that that like power of the sisterhood just kind of threw me I just couldn't believe like I'd never felt that before in such a strong way and with their love and support and also you know the reconnection of my my body and my sensuality through dance and being able to also um move a lot of energy through me like stuck emotion and stuff like that started to really bring me into this completely like blossomed version of myself and so that and then I just wanted to help other people I felt like that was my calling to help other people so that kind of went like really really fast and then the next seven seven to eight actually you know probably a little bit longer seven eight nine years of that um was performing and I was singing in different bands as well and I like I went from being like on drugs with a you know <laughs> terrible life to being on stages and you know flying around the country to perform in shows and meeting rock stars and I even like got on television and you know I was doing that and then singing in these bands as well and then um, also like following my my studies and starting my career as a social worker and everything was just going like so hard and so fast. And I was getting all this like praise and accolades and everybody thought I had it all together. And then I got to, and but at this time, no one knew I still was using a lot of cannabis behind the scenes as well. So at, um, yeah, I got to 35 and everything was just like flying around me. And then I just, one day I just had a complete breakdown, like cried, and cried I remember crying for like five solid hours but like that soul-wrenching sobbing and I felt like I felt like pain that I didn't even know was inside me just I've never felt that depth of pain before or since it was really terrifying as well because having used cannabis for so long I didn't know how to regulate my own emotions I was also kind of self-medicating anxiety. So that overwhelm that was happening in my system, all that, I didn't know how to deal with any of it. Um, I didn't know if I was going mad. <laughs> I just thought I had to just pull it all back together and keep going with this life I'd created for myself. But then I actually had the support of some incredible therapists who um, and doctors. Like I was really lucky that I landed with people that had a holistic approach and could see what was going on, like, one doctor said to me, well, I could, I could prescribe you some pills for your anxiety, but I'm not going to do it. And then they started to talk to me about, um, you know, lifestyle and um, like dopamine hits for pleasure um, and like looking for all the big good things outside myself to keep myself going rather than, you know, finding this cultivation with that beautiful soft serotonin release you get from looking at a sunset or, you know, slowing down and, they educated me about my nervous system and um, yeah, I was really well supported. And so at that time I got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and anxiety and PTSD. Um, and every single bit of 
like it was like I couldn't hide anymore from myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'd sort of gone from like I guess trying to find myself then into those burlesque years like thinking I'd found myself but still really reaching outside myself for validation and not realizing that's what I was doing and then when I got to that point that breakdown was actually a huge awakening for me to just go like you can't keep doing this you you can't it's it's not sustainable to be like this and I had no other option but to turn my attention inwards which is Mm -hmm. something that had always been a great challenge for me um especially with my my overactive mind so I started to explore as well as all of the therapy that I was having I was exploring um like mindfulness meditation yoga energy work like um all these kind of holistic modalities that helped me to find a like a deeper part of me that was underneath all of that noise so you know, spent a lot of time in nature. I pretty much just disappeared from life for a couple of years. I mean, I was very deeply in my own life and with my family and friends, but yeah, the Jess that had been on stages everywhere and you can't see this on the podcast guys, but I'm doing hands. I'm like the out there Jess just (laughs) (laughs) totally disappeared and rewired and, um, That was the best two years of my, like, or the most important two years of my life because Mm -hmm. it gave me a relationship with myself that was so much deeper than anything I'd experienced before. And I was, you know, I I was able to work through that trauma and pain that I was holding in myself and realise that everything I thought was so scary was actually, like, it was it was necessary and it was scary, but it wasn't as scary once I actually got there because all I was scared of was actually feeling. And when, you know, you're, when you understand that um, feelings and emotions are like pain and energy in your body that needs to move and you're held in a beautiful space by friends or therapists or whoever to move that, it actually just becomes a process. Mm. It's, yeah, not as terrifying as I was thinking when I was running from it for a really long time (laughs) (laughs) and it was yeah at that point that um I my I'd been teaching dance for years and years and um like burlesque dance and that sort of started to morph with my own personal development into the bring the sass practice which started to like meld together dance and meditation and all of these things because I was just like holy holy (laughs) s-h-i-t this world (laughs) this world is missing this deep education like of how important it is to connect with ourselves and like spaces to be able to to do that um or it's I think it's becoming more common now actually we're sort of we're in a really good time we're very lucky um so yes I don't know if that answered all of your questions but (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah and yeah oh can I can I I'm just really curious because like that's such a journey and I love that you found the support that you needed when you needed it you know when you were Mm. in that that dark time and it's just like the right people were in your life and they and they helped you connect to yourself in this like profound new way that you didn't even know was was possible and that was Mm. quite quite scary like it is a process and it is scary and I think understanding you know number one that your emotions can't actually hurt you it's like the yep. fear the fear of your emotions is the scary thing, but actually feeling them is like 
not always pleasant, but afterwards it always feels good once you've processed it and let it, yes. you know, let it run its course. Um, but so what I'm really curious about is this sort of reconnecting to yourself. Would you say that you like love yourself now? Like is self-love a term that you identify with or is, have you, like, are you still on the journey to get there? Well, I think the journey never ends because I think there's always deeper levels that you can reach of knowing and loving yourself. Um, but yes, I do. I do love myself deeply now. I think I don't actually identify with the term self-love. I think it's gotten all a bit like bubble baths and facials kind of, you know, when anything <laughs> yep. gets mainstream, which is a beautiful thing that the concept of self-love is becoming mainstream as well. But I more identify with the term self-connection. Um, like I think it's about valuing yourself enough to spend time with yourself. And I think self-love, it doesn't always mean something that feels good. Like for me, the most loving things I did for myself was to, you know, face those emotions and things like that that didn't feel nice at the time. But, oh, my God, afterwards, like when you freed that from your being, it's just incredible. So, yes, I do, I do definitely feel a lot further down the journey of self-love and, yeah, I think yeah. there's always more possible. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. I think I think it is a journey and I think we're on this until the day we die. And it's like if, mm. if somebody said that they're, they're there, like they finished, they're at the end, but they're still breathing, like you're not, you know, like yeah. th there's always more layers. There's always more to do. And sometimes we go through phases as human beings where we might dive really deep like you did during those two years. You really mm. dive deep and you really are like doing the work. And then you might go through phases where it, it's not so much an intentional thing yeah and then and then you might dive back in again when something else happens you know and it's it's normal to have those ebbs and flows mm, absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think it's always like rolling along in the background like I think once you've had an experience like that that's taken you to those depths you've got a new level of awareness so you start to integrate like it doesn't have to hit you as hard and fast you just kind of deal with these little things as they come up in your daily life and it doesn't feel like a thing mm -hmm. so it becomes a lifestyle to be connected to yourself and and act lovingly towards yourself yeah 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 it doesn't take brain power anymore because it's just yeah. your, it's like a, your default setting Right. Yes, correct. That's a yeah. really good way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. And whenever I speak to anyone who's in those early stages of, you know, forming that relationship with themselves, it's often, and I remember this part, this stage as well, where it's like so overwhelming and you're like, I can't live like this forever. This is too full on. But that's just because your entire system, like not only your thoughts and your brain and your feelings and all of that, it's like your cells. Every part of you is relearning this new way of being it's like you're learning how to human completely mm -hmm. again so that that settles so if anyone's feeling like that right now I just really want you to know that yeah that's just gonna land softly and gently in you and you won't you won't always feel like that full onness that mm -hmm. you might be feeling now yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. hugely yeah so I I want to know how did you get from that, you know, the, those two very deep, very transformational years to where you are today? Like, tell, tell us about that and tell us about this sort of journey into bring the sass and, and creating this beautiful modality that you've come up with. Well, 
actually, again, for another beautiful therapist that I worked with, um, helped me to understand the need to balance my life. So I think, I think the first thing was like allowing all the stuff that happens in your identity where I was like, oh, I'm Jess and I'm a burlesque performer and rah, rah. I had to actually allow that to just go. Um, and I had to stay connected to what was alive in the moment for me, which was not burlesque anymore. So I had to actually process that and farewell that and honour all that that had brought me. Um, and then once I did that, that was when Bring the Sass, like I believe Bring the Sass is its own entity and I'm just the vessel that it comes through. And my job is to be clear and in um, alignment so that I can allow it to flow through. So, yeah, once I removed the pieces that weren't serving me anymore. Um, so one of those was burlesque. The other huge one was um, my cannabis habit. So after 20 years, that stopped um when I discovered surfing actually and when I got to the point of actually being able to truthfully admit to myself like I'd never actually admitted that it was a problem like I always just told myself that oh no I can I can do it and I'll manage it once I actually went no this this has been 20 years you actually can't <laughs> this is a problem for you and you need yeah. to let it go um yeah, once I cleared those things, Bring the Sass was able to come through. But that also meant like learning how to manage my anxiety naturally. Um, it meant like learning a lot of new skills and all of that actually kind of took that two years to happen. So by the time that I came out of that two years, like it wasn't like, all right, now I'm going to start this new thing. It all just flowed into everything because I'd been laying a lot of really deep foundations in those two years. So I think it just naturally happens. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. So this beautiful therapist I worked with, because um, I was working in mental health and trying to run Bring the Sass as well, and I had a few people that I spoke to that all kind of pointed out, like, your cup is really empty from working in mental health while you're trying to create for Bring the Sass. So you're just feeling like you have to give, 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 like, what about filling up your own cup? And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> and that was when um, somebody <laughs> said to me, like, if you, if you help people without filling up your own cup, you're doing it from this place of obligation. So it's actually not like the energy you're helping them with isn't like a clean, pure energy. If you're filling up your own cup first and you're in integrity and love with yourself in those actions, that's going to flow out in how you help people. So that's actually like a truly loving um, way of help. And so that gave me permission to go, all right, I, I can't keep working in mental health and create for Bring the Sass. And it was at that point when I, um, with the loving support of my husband who said, just quit your job. You'll get something new in a couple of days. You always do. Yeah. <laughs> I said, all right. And I quit my job. And then I walked into this beautiful general store in a little surf town in, in, on the peninsula. Um, the weekend before that, I'd written down everything I was looking for in a job and cried my heart out in the middle of the forest and walked into this store, got a job on the spot. Um, so now I have this job that's got all the things that nourish me, which is like working with food with people in a community near nature chuck my board in the car go for a surf before or after work and then I'm so 
like I feel like I'm not even working and then I come home and I can create for bring the sass from this place of real like um, a full cup so that was a huge key part was actually like valuing myself enough um, to know that yeah that that was the most important thing to being able to actually create through love and flow Mm, that's beautiful yeah I I love I love the image of like you have to fill your cup first. I'm a very visual yeah. person. So I, I see this <laughs> in my brain as, you, as you're saying it. And it's true. Like if you have an empty cup, you're just, it's like you're scraping the bottom and people are just not getting the best and whatever they're getting Absolutely. does not have a nice energy about it, right? It's like this, yeah. uh, like this tight restriction almost. Whereas yeah, yes. when, you, when your cup is literally overflowing and you're just giving away the overflow because you have got so much to give. It's so beautiful. That's so much more beautiful. Yeah. And it's potent. That energy is potent and people feel like everything is energy, they say, and people feel that. So I think the results that you get in anything you do in life with a full cup, it feels really, really, it's really strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, what the heck even fills my cup? How do I figure mm-hmm. that out? Is this something that you like, was this just a, an act of experimenting for you and finding what felt good or like sort of, how did you sort of find your sweet spot, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, yeah, I think that's probably how it begins. Like if you've got literally absolutely no idea, just follow what makes you curious or makes you like, if, if a spark is ignited in you, like you see a flyer for a class and you go, oh, I wonder about that. Follow that. And if you start following these tangents of curiosity and or anything that makes you feel joyful, you're eventually going to sort of land in some sort of a strip slipstream of flowing energy, but you won't, you just have to follow that, that feeling. Yeah. 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 So, and you really have to um, just like know that if you're actively putting yourself out there and trying things and, um, honoring your curiosities that the universe will answer that with what it provides for you because it can see that you're just as invested in finding your thing so it's going to bring your thing closer to you as well but just don't go out there going I have to find my thing like don't be in your head with it just be in your heart with it and go I wonder what this is going to bring yeah yeah well yeah because when you're very disconnected like if somebody was like you you know how you used to be like very disconnected there might be that like I don't even know what fills my cup how do I begin Mm. and it's and it is really easy to get into your head I have to I have to find the thing and then it yeah that that, (laughs) like that nasty energy just gets attached to it again so yeah I love that just sort of like being open and just those little tiny bits of like ooh look at that. Like when, when something catches your eye, like follow that, don't be, don't be afraid to sort of, you know, follow things, even if they don't make sense logically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what happened to me with surfing. Like my husband surfed the whole time we've been together and I was that chick sitting on the beach going, Oh, I wish I could do that. And, but never giving it a go. And when I caught my first wave, like it was, I'd brought a stand up paddleboard because I, one day I just got in my car, drove to the local surf shop and spent all my money on a stand-up paddleboard, which I'd never done before. So I was following the thing. Like I had a feeling and I followed it. And then, you know, eventually I took that board out to somewhere that little waves broke and I 
caught a wave and that just changed my life. Like this wave was like half a foot on a massive stand-up paddleboard. Yeah. Um, you know, now years down the track, I'm surfing on a surfboard and my whole life revolves around it. But, you know, if I'd just done that because it's like, oh, well, my husband surfs and I want to be a surfer, like that wasn't from the heart and that wasn't following the flow. And that's why it took so much longer for me to find my natural connection or for it to find me. So, yeah, I would never have predicted that that was going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So you are like, so now you have, like you have this beautiful business that you have created and you really help women through a really beautiful transformation. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about Bring the Sass, about what it is and about how people can work with you if it sort of, if that's the thing that they go, oh, maybe, how, how can they work with you? Well, you know, now that you say that, it's a very interesting time for that question because Bring the Sass is in a, um, I think since lockdown and stepping back from teaching weekly classes last year because of that, I actually was able to tune back into myself and into spirit and hear that Bring the Sass wants so much more than weekly classes. It wants to bring the deeper embodiment work through because, um, yeah, there is incredible potential for transformation that happens. And I guess at the moment I'm allowing that to reform. So at the moment there's a couple of things coming up later in the year, but I'm not... um, I'm doing a bit of study with dance and embodiment and things like that behind the scenes as well. But right now I can't even tell you, come and do this and this and this. However, we do have, I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, um, website, social media, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's kind of quiet at the moment because it's in a reformation phase, but um, you know, again, following that flow with that and allowing it to reemerge as a more potent energy and entity. So Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> terrible answer <laughs> <laughs> no but but you're living it though like like you yeah. are literally living the advice that you gave of follow that you know you got that little hint that little something something needs to change this needs to grow it's ready for mm. its, its next phase in evolution so instead of you following your logic brain of like no I have a good thing I need to I need to mm. stick I need to stick with what I've been doing you're actually living your advice and stepping back and going oh maybe and allowing it to evolve so that's beautiful that's perfect advice you're doing it thank you for hearing that because that was quite scary for me to actually say so (laughs) thank you for hearing that and receiving that I really yeah I feel very seen thank you (laughs) I think as as entrepreneurs I think so often we there very much is this pressure in the online space Mm. to like appear like you have it all together I feel like everything is perfect and like it's just exactly as it should be. And the reality is we are all human beings living lives behind the scenes. And sometimes our businesses are like ticking along and they're amazing. And other times we do need to step back. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's beautiful. And, and thank you for being willing, even though it was scary. Thank you <laughs> to share that and share the truth instead of, you know, tr- trying to give the the like you know, the, the safe answer, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the reason we're all entrepreneurs as well is because we're doing something we're passionate about. So we have to keep connected with what that, I call it like the PowerPoint, you know, that PowerPoint where the energy is the most potent. Um, We have to stay there all the time. So being an entrepreneur is quite difficult because of that, because you're constantly tuning into that alignment. And if there's a whole lot of 
um, success and, and expectation around something that's alive at the moment, but you're feeling that that's not the PowerPoint of the work, then yeah, that's your responsibility to, to do that. So yeah, I think a lot of people maybe who aren't entrepreneurs might not realize that constant struggle that goes on with it. <laughs> and that if you are and you're experiencing that for the first time, like full permission to lean into that because that's going to want, that is going to make um, the next phase come through and it's going to be so much more, um, you know, potent and beautiful than trying to hang on to something. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jess, I'm curious if there is somebody listening to this who is maybe where you were, um, you know, in that very disconnected place, not maybe not allowing themselves to feel their emotions, perhaps using a substance, whether it's cannabis or something else to numb or to escape. Is there sort of one piece of advice or one thing that you would recommend that they start with like a starting point? that's a really hard question I know. <laughs> but I I believe when you're disconnected you're disembodied mm -hmm. so I believe the first it's so basic the first way back to anything is the breath um and this was something that my first psychologist taught me so I'm going to pass it along because it was a game changer so instead of feeling pressure to go and meditate and go find yourself and do this, she just said to me three times a day, stop and take three deep breaths, but be completely present with the experience of that breath. And then she explained to me, the reason I'm asking you to do this is because we need to help start rewiring the connections in your neural pathways and reconnecting your brain and your body. Um, and then you know, it's everyone can breathe, like no one can't breathe. So all it means is being there and experiencing what you do in those moments. Um, a, a very good friend said to me once, you're only ever two deep breaths away from yourself. And I've carried that for a long time. So just starting to foster that connection with that deeper, um, deeper awareness in you through your breath, even if it's one deep breath a day, mm -hmm. start there. The rest will flow on because if you're starting to connect into that deeper self um, where, you know, your heart and soul resides, that's where your connection with the divine is as well. So if you start to hear those messages living inside your soul, if they're starting to speak, that's when the universe starts to slowly respond. And it might take a long time or it might be quick, but that's the very, very starting point. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Okay, Jess, if, <laughs> if, is there anything else as, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up. Is there anything else that you would like to add anything that feels important that I haven't asked you about any other little bits of wisdom that you would like to leave listeners with today? You've already given a lot. So like no pressure. <laughs> I, say, I feel like I need to have a big nugget to just drop, you know, drop the mic and run, but no, no, like, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've asked really um, beautiful questions too, Katie. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I think that these conversations are so valuable. And I think so often the value is in the little bits like between questions. It's in those mm. little nuances where 
you might think you know what you're going to say and then something will just come out and you're like, I didn't know that was even in there. <laughs> like, like this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like everything. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's part of the magic of, of women. I think this is what we do. Like we connect from the heart and we can have these conversations and by you and I having this conversation and sharing it with the world, um, you know, I mean, my hope and my intention, and I know that yours is too, that we are going to be able to help other women who are sort of on this, on the same path. So, um, mm, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is definite magic in um, feminine connections and storytelling. So, yes. Hugely, hugely. And as, I think as much as we would all like to be doing everything in person, the fact is that's currently not possible in the world. And also mm. you and I live in the same country, but like on opposite sides of the country or well, same side. I'm just, mm. I'm just a lot farther north than you, but we can- Oh yeah, above me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm above you. And uh, but we, we, we can talk to women all over the world. So I think the beautiful thing with technology is that we can create this feeling of sisterhood and allow it to reach far and wide. And it's just, mm. yeah. Thank you, Katie, for the work you're doing. It's really, really important. And it's been such an honor to be involved um, yeah, in this because I think you're right why not reach as many people, as many women out there as we can. Thanks, technology. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Jess, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for this. I I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful for your time and your energy and your story. And um, yeah, thank you for being here today with me. Thanks, Katie. All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.